The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Buongiorno. Spaghetti. And just like that, we've insulted every Italian on the show. Welcome to Fire Whiskey and Honey, everybody. It is another glorious week. It is the middle of April. God, this year is going quickly, especially considering we're recording this at the beginning of March. But (laughs) it's very exciting. You know, things are moving quickly. We are already on episode four four of season five and this is a short season i say that like it's so much shorter it's one episode shorter than last season gasp anyway (sighs) cat y'all good y'all good you good i'm good you good you good you good i'm gonna keep talking over you yes i'm good good. i i have questions (laughs) but i'm good so many questions wait okay questions on what well, I owe the people a Voldemort rant. I said I was going to go on a Voldemort rant based on that post I made. We were going to go on a Voldemort rant. Okay, so do yeah. you want to go on the Voldemort rant now? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Technically, I got four questions, but they all, like, they're they're related to each other because they're like two-parters. But whatever. Okay, so many of you all probably saw I posted in the Facebook group that apparently Voldemort had all of the Muggleborn records destroyed yes. through a certain year. And I was like, oh my goodness, I am late to this party, but what a butt nugget. And then I was like, wait, isn't Hermione a Muggleborn? So how did she get to Hogwarts? But then someone pointed it out to me that it was before before or after she was born? Before she was born. After she was born. After after she was born. So it didn't affect her. Right. So it didn't affect her. So I was like, okay, well, then that goes out the window. But then I had other thoughts. So why does Voldemort hate muggles? Like, what did they do to him? Like, I don't understand why he hates them so much. Like, what did I miss? Uh, well, first off, he has what we like to call daddy problems. So, once upon a time, Merope Gaunt decided that she was in love with a muggle boy, but he was like, bye Felicia, you're poor and weird, and so she fucking drugged him with love potions and forced him to, like, fall in love with her, and they were together, and that's how they had Tom, and babies born, it's very similar to, like, fetal alcohol syndrome or kids born under the influence of heroin or cocaine or any of those other kinds of drugs it's not good for the kid so because he was born from a father who was under the influence of the love potion it kind of affected him but the other thing was marope kind of hit a point where she was like well i mean we have a baby now so like i could totally ease him off these drugs and he's still gonna love me 
and shock her, the hostage was not thrilled to realize he had been tricked into not only living with this woman for years, but essentially being raped under the influence of drugs and being forced to impregnate her against his will. So he chucked up a deuce, left, and went home, and then Marope died of a broken heart or some shit. And so that's how little Tommy boy ended up in the orphanage. And so he, instead of saying, wow, my mother was a horrible fucking person and kept a man hostage. His response was, my dad's a piece of shit. And it is definitely because he's a muggle and not because he was really pissed off about being held hostage and being forced to have a child. So Tom Riddle decided that all muggles were evil. Oh, okay. Okay, so then, why does he want to kill Harry so badly? Is it because he didn't die the first time when he killed his parents? And also, why the crap did he even want to kill his parents in the first place? Like, what did they do to him? Do you remember Hall of Mysteries movie number five, Order of the Phoenix, the giant room with the really tall shelves full of glass balls? Yes, because when everything shattered, I was like, who's going to clean that up? (laughs) Okay, again, they have magic. That's not a big deal. Um, But each one of those balls was a prophecy. And Trelawney, back in 1980-ish? 1979-1980. It was after Harry was born. Um, So she said, neither can live while the other survives. Which means that Harry or Voldemort had to die. Like, Voldemort wanted to be immortal, right? That's why he got into the um, Horcruxes and had, like, seven of them. He wanted to... Which I have a question about, too, by the way. But but he had these Horcruxes because he didn't want to die. Well, when somebody says, neither can live while the other survives, he's like, well, fuck, it doesn't matter that I have all these Horcruxes. Apparently, this goddamn baby is going to kill me. So I have to kill it first so that I can be the survivor. But why is Harry destined to kill him, though? I don't because get that. Because the prophecy said... Let me quote the full prophecy. So the prophecy is talking about a, a child that is born in the summer. Two parents who have faced Voldemort three times or four times? Defied Harry... Uh, have defied Voldemort three times. And so that meant either... The Longbottoms or the Potters. And Voldemort thought it meant the Potters. So yeah. he thought, oh, this kid is destined to kill me and it's going to be my downfall. So instead of me waiting for him to grow up and try to kill me, I'm going to just kill him while he's a baby. Yeah. So the prophecy actually says, the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches, born to those who have thrice defied him, born as the seven month dies. And the Dark Lord will mark him as an equal, and he will have the power. He will have power the Dark Lord knows not, and either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. So, breaking that down, the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches. As the Dark Lord, probably mildly concerning. Born to those who have thrice defied him, born as the seven month dies. So, okay, we're looking for parents who have three times gone up against Voldemort and survived, and also had a baby at the end of July. And the Dark Lord will mark him as an equal, and he will have power the Dark Lord knows not. Here's where Voldemort himself fulfilled the prophecy. When he tried to kill Harry, he gave him the scar. 
So that marked him as an equal. And he will have a power the Dark Lord knows not. That is when Lily sacrificed herself for Harry and gave him the protection of the love. And either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. So, essentially, Voldemort knew either I kill Harry or Harry kills me. That's how we die. And ironically, that's how they both died, because he technically did kill Harry, and then Harry did technically kill him. So they did both kill each other. Um, but that's sort of why Harry was targeted. Also, Voldemort was a jackass, because he was so magically dependent. Like, it's a fucking baby. Take it and chuck it out. This He, he was on the second floor. He, there was a window above his crib. Open the window, throw the baby out. Baby dies. But no, he tried to avada kedavra a baby, and as a result, gave him a scar and gave him personal tongue abilities. I would like to refute that theory. Because oh. magical Neville, yeah, because Neville saved himself after being thrown out a window. So by bouncing, by yeah, by turning <laughs> rubber and bouncing like a ball. So I I agree with that for a long time until I was like, no, but that's how Neville got magic. Was his okay, well, magic. Well then, okay, you just take their tiny little head and you go. Now we're talking. Not gonna bounce out of that, but. <laughs> Also, as a mom, as a soon-to-be mom, that just made me, like, really cringy. I'm not happy I had to do that. But it's also a really good, effective way to kill a child, and that makes me sad. Anyway, but yes. So, why, why, oh, you look like you just realized something. What did you realize? No, I'm thinking that face because you just did the breaking of the neck thing, and I was like, Claire, that was Okay, you know what, I've been watching a lot of Blacklist and Criminal Minds, so, like, I feel... Also, a lot of shit's Creek, which is why I'm doing this with my face. But, like, I feel... But they don't kill they babies. They do not kill babies in Shit's Creek. But I feel <laughs> like maybe my television habits are having a bad influence on me. Okay. Well, anyway, so I got yes. one more question. Okay. So, Harry is a horcrux. So, Voldemort wants to live forever. So... He has to have his horcruxes. So I'm guessing when he decided to kill Harry, he did not know this at the time. So, like, when he found this out, he should have been like, why should I kill this kid because he's a horcrux and I need him because I want to live forever, like, on fame. And then I was like, wait a second. Is it because all of the other ones got destroyed and it's like Thanos's glove where they need all of them to, like, work? So it doesn't matter if he kills Harry or not because all the rest of them are destroyed or <laughs> Oh my god, that was magic. Okay, so th- there's 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 a lot to unpack there. Um, no, 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 no. Sorry, my brain. <laughs> the gauntlet. Anyway, God, I knew where to start. Okay, so you can come back from one Horcrux. We saw that in the second movie, where Tom, young Tom using the diary was draining Ginny's life force and like she was about to die. And if he had succeeded in fully draining Ginny, he would have been back and alive and totally good to go. And also super smoking hot for being 17, which at the time when I watched it, I was also a teenager. So like it wasn't gross. I'm allowed to say he was cute thinking through my teenage brain as an adult woman. Yes, it's a little weird, but also he was legal at that point anyway. So he's still cute. Anyway, uh, Sorry, there's a lot of mental hurdles going on. It was a very attractive actor. Anyway. There's, there's so, a reason that there's Tom Riddle fanfics. Just uh, yeah, it, and it's his, it's his fault. It's the kid from the second movie. Anyway, um, but Harry 
destroys the Horcrux, obviously, by stabbing at the Basilisk Fang, right? And as we know, Basilisk yes. Venom can destroy a Horcrux, so that's how Harry kept him from coming back. He stopped him before he finished draining Ginny. All of the life force that he had drained went back to her, and she was good to go. Juiced her right back up, like, zing. Now, the part about Harry being a Horcrux. We assume... We know that Voldemort's plan was to make seven. And so at the time when he went into Lily and James's house, he had the diary, he had the ring, he had the diadem, he had the cup, and is that... Those were the... Dumbles destroyed the... Oh, and the locket, the locket, the locket. Um... So he was about to create number six. I don't think... Did he have Nagini yet? No. No, because he used Frank to make Nagini. Okay, so he had five at that point. Um, we'll, we'll explain that in a second. So he had five, and we know that he likes to do very symbolic kills when he creates Horcruxes. Case in point, the ring was when he killed his dad. Um... So, but like, there's like this whole ceremony you have to do before you make a Horcrux. And so the assumption is that Voldemort had done that knowing he was about to take out the subject of the prophecy. And so when he killed, when he attempted to kill Harry, or maybe when he killed Lily, one of the two, his soul did the little split in half thing. And... Because he didn't have the thing to put it in because he was dead, uh, his soul, that piece of his soul that was going to become a Horcrux just attached to whatever the nearest object was, which happened to be baby Harry. Harry was 100% an accident. Voldemort did not know that he was a Horcrux. The reason he figured it out is because he realized that Harry could see through him and like have that brain connection with like the dreams and stuff where he saw Arthur Weasley get attacked. And that's why he planted the visions in his head of Sirius getting uh, stuck at the order, at the, the, oh, Cat looks so confused. I'm not confused. I'm just like, if you found out, why do you still want to kill him? Because he's your ticket to live forever, but you muggle. If he didn't kill Harry, Harry would kill him. That was the prophecy. Like, that was literally the only way either of them was going to die is either either Harry kills him or he kills Harry and dies in a different way or never dies at all because he has Horcruxes. Whereas for Harry, either Voldemort kills him or he dies from something else, which we're assuming it's going to be like really, really old age. But he, he was okay sacrificing the human Horcrux because the human Horcrux was also a gun pointed directly at him, chambered, and ready to fire at literally any moment. And it was safer to just get rid of him than to let him continue to survive. Because if he continued to survive, he was just going to keep trying to kill Voldemort over and over and over and over. Got it. Yeah. That answer everything? Yeah, but now I got one more based on what you said. <laughs> so, like... At some point, Harry's parents went up against him three times, hence the prophecy thing. Yeah. So, like, why did they have to go up against him? They're members of the Order of the Phoenix. Oh. They're literally part of the Rebel Alliance trying to fight the evil guy. Got it. Okay. All right, now that it's... 
Also, your question about Hermione uh, being a Mogaborn and the stuff being wiped out, when that happened was 1997, so it's book six, end of book six, when Voldemort has a puppet over the Ministry of Magic, mm-hmm. and they make being a Muggleborn not a thing. Like, there's no Muggle. They stole magic, remember? Like, in quotes, quote, unquote. And so that's why they wiped out the Muggleborn registry, was he wiped out all the kids that had not yet entered Hogwarts, so they were under the age of 11 in 1997. Yeah, so... Through 1998 when he was defeated. Right, and then somebody commented on that and kind of told me that and was also like that eventually... What did she say? That eventually the Muggleborns had to go and use their magic. Otherwise, when they hit puberty, they would, like, go nuts. But I'm just like, I don't understand. Because, like, if you're a Muggleborn, both of your parents are non-magical, mm. correct? So how can your kid have magic if you're not magic? Okay. Um, yeah. No, no, it is. No, no that, that's like a literal thing. So, like, two of my friends. She is, you know, brown hair, brown eyed, you know, typical Irish girl. And her husband is half Mexican. Two of their kids have red hair. Like, flaming red hair. Neither of them have any idea where it came from. They have no relatives with red hair. But both of them happen to have the recessive red hair gene and passed it on to their kids. And their kids are just, like super carrot head and it's it's just a recessive gene and sometimes you don't know you have it and it can also be like you know certain genes where like you only need one carrier so if my great 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 grandfather had magic it just happens to come out in my you know child um it's just there's weird things like that that just sort of happen Genetics. Oh, okay. Then they shouldn't be called muggle But they were born to muggles. <laughs> they were born to unmagical parents. Yeah, their parents can't do magic. They have no recollection of anybody who can do magic because as the years go on, um, you know, if it was like if somebody, you know, left the family or married a muggle and didn't want their kids to know about magic or whatever, um, it's entirely or like or they're the um descendant of a squib. Um, that is also an option. Also, I was, I have to repeat the noise just so you guys know it's not me farting. That's my chair. Okay. Yeah, but I have to do what had happened oh, once. yes. Because that's Holy what the people want to hear. We've been recording for hours. Yes. What had happened was. And also, I did not remind myself what happened for no reason. Okay, Kat. What happened was. I finally understand what can't you swim means. Oh my, the longest journey in the world. 71 whole chapters. That was like the, yeah, that was like the longest, um, what's it called? Cliffhanger in the world. Like, jeez. It's a hell of a buildup. Yeah, I know. So I finally know what that means. So Maya and the peoples were hanging out and stuff because I guess James was having a farewell party because I guess he was moving to the other head boy prefect dormitory thingy tower whatever you want to call it so then maya had a flashback and she like woke up and obviously she's hermione now so woke up and she was like naked and she's like what the crap is why am i topless so then i believe it was who was it was it remus or serious i can't remember serious ha serious it was serious so she's like where's my top where's harry and ron what happened to me like 
why does everything hurt? And he pretty much told her that she got splinched or, yeah, yes. splinched, splinched, yes, splinched. Kind of reminds me of that in Holes where What's-His-Face finds the stuff and he calls it splinched. <laughs> but, yeah. So. <laughs> Which is so, so gross she got now, splinched. considering what the phrase sploosh usually means. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But anyways, so. She got splitched and he was explaining to her that he was taking care of her and trying to like make it all better and all of that jazz. And then um, she's like, you can't let Ron or Harry see me like this and all of that jazz. And then she woke up and then Maya and Remus had a conversation because I guess she said Sirius's name in her sleep and he was like, so what, what, what's going on here? Like, do you love it? Like, what what's going on? So they had like a whole conversation about all of that. And she was trying to explain to him. But once again, it's like, well, if you just learned Occlumency, we wouldn't have this problem, bro. But that's fine. Um, So he was like, well, do you love him? And she was kind of like, I guess I do. So... They had that conversation, and then I guess they ended up breaking up was the whole dealio because he was like, well, your heart's with somebody else, so we're just gonna... <laughs> so then after that, we were at breakfast, and they were talking about Quidditch, and then there was stuff. <laughs> I did such a good job. <laughs> You tried. You tried. You were there. You were there. <laughs> yeah, I tried. So that there was like, was there? No. No. Oh, there was some kind of fight, wasn't there? Yes and no. So like, yeah. Maya, you know, reassures Remus that. Oh no! That other chick showed up and was being really mean, and then. Maya's like, I've had it with you, and like, sent her in the port key thing, and then she landed in the squid mouth or in the squid stomach. Well, she threw it at her and she disappeared. And somebody was like, Well, where's the teleport key has a twin? Where's the other? Where's the other one? And she said, I fed it to the giant squid. And everybody's like, Oh man. Yeah. Which picks up exactly where we enter in chapter 72. Intervention. September 3rd, 1977. Maya, in fact, had not fed the twin teleport key to the giant squid. She did, however, enjoy the moments of hysteria her statement caused as Lily went into head girl mode. She ordered James and the other boys to get on their brooms and rushed towards the lake to save the potentially digested Slytherin princess. Only Remus and Sirius stood behind with Maya. You'd think after knowing you for six years, they could tell when you're lying through your teeth, Remus said. Shaking his head as Maya looked on proudly at the chaos she had created, arms delicately folded across her chest and a satisfied smile on her face. Zavini had it coming. Besides, Jamie gave me detention. He can squirm a little, thinking that his little sister fed a slither into the squid. Where did you actually leave the twin port key? Sirius asked with a smirk. In the lake, Maya admitted with a grin. The shallow end, not very deep. The water will ruin those robes of hers before she has a chance to react and save them. 
when James and Lily and the others caught back up with Maya after spotting a drenched and fuming Alora Zabini. Storming back from the other side of the lake, Lily regretfully issued Maya two more detentions with McGonagall and took away 20 points from Gryffindor. November 5th, 1977. Despite her quick dip in the water, Alora turned the table of her humiliation into something much more sordid that involved Sirius, the Black Lake, and a distinct lack of clothing. Soon everyone in the school was under the impression that Sirius had a heart-shaped birthmark on his arse cheek. All of those who actually lived in Gryffindor Tower knew better, considering how often Sirius was willing to bear himself to show off his precious tattoo. It took four days before the rest of Hogwarts' female population were all gossiping over when and how they too had been privy to the now infamous and non-existent birthmark. For the first time in his life, Sirius hated the spotlight. Drink this, Maya ordered him as she approached the breakfast table one morning. She slid a small file across to a frustrated Sirius who had his hands buried in the depths of his hair, covering his ears as the raven claws at the next table stared and giggled in his direction. It was one thing to be praised for his actual prowess, but a heart-shaped birthmark and skinny-dipping in the Black Lake? Soon they would all be insisting that he had proposed to them and there would be a school-wide war over who would take the title of the future Lady Black. What color will my hair turn? Sirius asked suspiciously, looking at the file. When it came to potions, Maya was brilliant, which only made her that much more dangerous. It won't. Will my hair fall out? No. It's not a shrinking solution, is it? He hoped she would never be that cruel. It's a temporary fix for your current problem, she offered, tossing a scathing look at the giggling girls at the next table. Sirius glanced down at the bubbling crimson liquid, pulled the cork and threw the potion back quickly, coughing a bit at the taste. Now, go around the room and touch every single girl. Shake their hands, give them a hug, even brush up against their shoulder. Any form of contact. With a raised brow, Sirius stood and slowly made his way through the tables, stopping to say hello and smile at the groups of witches who grinned up at him as if they already knew him. As if they really knew him. Some had, years earlier, and it was those who tended to avoid his gaze, save for a few who had lied about the recent encounters when Sirius rejected their requests for a repeat of a one-night stand. It took him a full 40 minutes to get through each table, considering most of the young witches wanted him to stop and sit down, some physically forcing him to join them for a few moments' time. Attending to your fan club? James inquired as he and Lily walked into the great hall. They took their new seats next to one another, across from Maya and Remus. Still ever the doting pair, he fixed her morning breakfast while she poured his pumpkin juice. Sirius rolled his eyes at them and sat down beside Lily. Don't ask me. Maya gave me a potion and made me go say hello to every girl in the school. Forks and knives dropped with a loud clank all the way down the table as wide, worried eyes looked upward at the innocently concealed face of the brunette. Maya turned her gaze up towards Lily, who looked to be on the verge of a complete panic attack. Sirius wondered if Maya would be able to get Lily to the same level of frustration James used to. Calm down, Maya said, appearing unconcerned. They deserve it. It's not dangerous. Or permanent. Am I going to have to give you more detention? Lily asked, looking burdened. Maya, I cannot afford to lose a prefect right now. Maya turned to Sirius. Have you complained about the problems the girls have been giving you? 
He slowly nodded and rolled his eyes. McGonagall said I was causing a disturbance, and when I denied doing anything and told her the girls were all lying, she said that, unfortunately, there was no way to prove it without using Veritas serum. He sighed, recalling the look in the professor's eyes. The woman had a way of making him feel both scolded and protected all at once, which was a bit disconcerting. At least she believed that I was telling the truth. See, Maya said, all we need is poof. Uh-oh. James muttered, as Maya stood from her seat and moved to stand uh, stand on top of the long bench. The only professor in attendance in the Great Hall was Dumbledore, who always displayed a strange indifference to Maya's pranks. Maya cleared her throat loudly, drawing the attention of everyone at the table and a few eavesdroppers. She cast a sonorous charm on her wand and cleared her throat again to get the attention of the entire Great Hall. "'I'm just curious.' Who here has had sex with Sirius Black within the past year? Suddenly, the hall broke out into whispers. Gryffindors were all blushing nervously, save for Sirius, who no longer minded the attention, considering his curiosity was definitely piqued. He looked around the room and noted several girls he'd never been with laughing with their friends and looking smug. Most of the girls he had been with in the past were glaring at every other witch in sight. Sirius cringed, seeing the fruits of his amorous labors set out in front of him. No one openly spoke in the affirmative, and Sirius glanced at Maya, wondering what her next move would be. Maya smiled, held her wand in the air, and spoke loudly. A bright red light emerged from her wand and covered the great hall in a strange mist. At the head table, Dumbledore watched on with great interest, his eyes twinkling at the scene. It took all of five seconds for the screaming to begin. Dark red splotches began appearing on no less than fifty witches, tainting the skin around the mouths. It looked something between a birthmark and a contagious disease and was incredibly unappealing. Roughly translates to Crimson Liar, Maya stated, her voice as sweet as honey. The more you've lied about the question you were just asked, the more this particular charm will have spread. While a few girls only had a small patch oh. covering their lips, others had their entire faces encased in dark red. It, it, it very much reminds you. <laughs> How many of you have been personally right victimized by Regina George? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I know, because like everybody, like the whole staff is like, me too. <laughs> My favorite is that the fucking principal raises his hand. Mm. Wands broke out, aimed at the Gryffindor table, and that was when Dumbledore sought to intervene on Maya's behalf. He cast a rather large protective shield, his blue eyes fixed upon the little witch. Sirius watched in awe as she stared right back at the headmaster in a challenging type of way, as though there was a silent understanding between the two. He had never seen anyone look at Albus Dumbledore that way, except maybe McGonagall. Maya looked like she was a breath away from daring Dumbledore to scold her for her actions. Something about that look in her eyes sent a vibration through Sirius's chest. A warmth built out from his sternum, reaching the tips of his fingers. He rubbed his thumb and index finger together unconsciously, wondering if it was his animagus instincts that made him want to touch her over the dominant display. He licked his lips and let out a slow exhale, doing his best not to draw James's attention. He was really not in the mood to be punched for salivating over his best friend's sister this morning. Miss Potter, Dumbledore said loudly. The noise in the great hall began to die down, save for the lying witches, who now sobbed openly. 
lovely demonstration. However, I would be remiss in my duties as headmaster if I were to leave so many lovely young women disfigured as such. May I request that you demonstrate the counter-curse? Clever. Serious thought. Certainly, Professor, though it's up to each individual witch to remove it herself. The charm showcases a liar, Maya explained. To remove it, they simply have to tell the truth. Her tone of voice was simple and soft, as though she could not believe that everybody did not know that this particular spell, uh, everybody did not know this particular spell that she had created. It's like, oh, I just made this up. You guys don't know how to get rid of this weird. Okay, sorry, I'll stop. I did not have sex with Sirius Black. <laughs> Everyone turned to see a bitter-looking, teary-eyed. You go. No, that just that reminds me of something else. Everybody knows what that reminds me of. Wow. Okay. Ser seriously? Are you going to inform us? Major historical event. What? What is the matter with you? The the Bill Clinton like doesn't that one? That's what that oh. oh, I thought where I was going with that. Yeah, I was. I I was thinking Mean Girls. I was thinking Mean Girls. Scrambling my brain for a pop culture reference that was not existing. No, no, Cat Blue dressed it. I was thinking, uh, God, Gretchen Wieners when she's like, and then my mom got me white gold hoops for Hanukkah, and I had to pretend that I didn't even like yeah, them. No. Like that's where I thought no, you were going. Because you remember how. Um, <laughs> What's his face? What were we at like seventh or eighth grade when we had to dress up as like historical figures and he decided to be Bill Clinton and he gets up on the stage and says that and every teacher was like, you're a seventh oh grader. <laughs> but we're, we're not going to yeah. say names on the podcast, but yes, that is probably one of my favorite moments of middle school because it's one of those kids say the darndest things. Yeah, but he's a very eccentric <laughs> person, so coming from him, it was expected, but still, you yeah. were in seventh grade. <laughs> uh, side note, Monica Lewinsky is an excellent Twitter follow. She's oh, yeah. freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, no, she... <sighs> she is probably one of the best creators of lemonade I know. Oh, 100%. Because the world didn't chuck a lemon at her face. They took fucking dump trucks full of lemons and tried to drown her with them. And she's just sitting there mashing them up with sugar, and she's like, I got this! <laughs> I mean, not at first, the poor thing. But now, well, now yeah, she's... Yeah, she was like 19. Uh, yeah, she was a child. <sighs> anyway, the dead of time. Anyway, the death of time. <laughs> what the heck was that? The end. It's the the fucking voice from. This is the earth. Dang, you might say it's a sweet earth. Round. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty. No, I watched that in middle school. That's like two thousand. That's like 2004. I have no idea what this is. That was some of the early... Oh my god. We've we've discussed this in the pod before. What is what is that video called? I know exactly It's just what the you're world. And I think it was from E-Bomb's world. Oh, yeah, you're right. 
No idea. But uh, now I just remember the end where they're like, everybody's dead except for Australia, but they'll be dead soon. Fucking kangaroos. <laughs> and Australia, or no, it's Australia's still like, what's going on, mate? What? But it's this really scene. dumb animation Fucking kangaroos. where this guy is doing terrible accents of a bunch of countries. Ah, motherland! Are you a... <laughs> but I am really tired. Zen take a nap. And Zen fires the missiles! Oh my god. Okay, I will, I will stop reminiscing about the 8th grade now. You're the same girl who didn't know the Badger Badger or the Happy Tree Friends or any of the horrific videos of the early 2000s. Pre-YouTube. Which is very shocking because you were the kid who wasn't really allowed to watch TV. So you would think I would know this crap and you wouldn't. But I was allowed on the computer. Yeah, but still. I was allowed on the computer. Wow. And uh, I was the one who figured out how to use proxy servers to get around my dad's Facebook block by the time I was 14. Oh so, like, yeah. Anyway, I did not have sex with Sirius Black. Everyone turned to see a bitter-looking, teary-eyed, and crimson-faced Callista Hutchins stand. No sooner had the words left her mouth, the splotches vanished, leaving behind only the scathing burn of embarrassment and lines from where the tears of horror had streaked through her makeup. That's a great fucking line. Leaving behind only the scathing burn of embarrassment and lines from where the tears of horror had streaked through her makeup. I can only hope to wreck that sort of savagery on someone someday. I don't hope to do that, but if somebody ever burns me the way these poor bitches did serious bad, then yes, oh, oh, let some smug teenager do something horrible to my little boy. I will Daria their, Doria their ass so hard. Oh, Claire I'll- should enjoy the PTA. <laughs> <laughs> Savages. But yeah, no, like, keep in mind, I have the niece who got angry when her teacher assigned a new assignment so that they could, um, because the class did poorly as a whole. So the teacher was like, I'm just going to negate the grade from the last assignment. We're going to give you a new assignment and that'll be your grade. And my niece came home and she was like, mom, my teacher is a liar. You can't just make grades disappear. We earned those bad grades. You can't just erase them. They exist. And I'm like, you know, you have a lot of strong feelings about ethics for being nine, but okay, I'm here for it. Like, yes. (laughs) Also, maybe don't call your teacher a liar. Please don't ever say that at school. But (laughs) also, in case anyone was wondering, she's a Hufflepuff. She is very black and white views on what is okay and what is not but also she sounded a little gryffindor if she had said that to her teacher's face she would have been a gryffindor but because she waited until she was home i'll 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 happily consider her still a puff yay welcome to my side Mm -hmm. i need more people on my side anyway an enraged elora zabini stood glaring more at sirius than maya He glared right back at the bitch. I did not have sex with Sirius Black. Alora hissed when her fellow Slytherins laughed openly at her. 
none more than Regulus, who actually looked more amused than anyone over the declaration. It made something old and familiar bloom in Sirius's chest, but when their eyes met across the room, Regulus turned away from him, and Sirius buried the brotherly affection back down. Echoes of, I did not have sex with Sirius Black, rang through the great hall until awkward silence blanketed the room. When every girl had confessed her lies, Maya returned to her seat to finish her breakfast in peace, ignoring the fact that everyone was now staring at her. Thanks, Maya, Sirius muttered. The emptiness in his chest, left behind by Regulus's disregard, filled with warm affection for the witch. Maya smiled at him from across the table. They gazed at one another, and Sirius was tempted to reach out and take her hand, but everyone was staring, and they both averted their eyes, tucking their hands beneath the table. I should get to arithmancy. Maya cleared her throat and stood up quickly from the table, casting a sad glance in Sirius's direction, before nodding to each of her friends and then leaving the great hall quickly. Sirius frowned, looking down at his plate of food, still full. Nothing looked appealing, and his stomach ached with hunger and anxious nausea brought on by stress and worry. His jaw briefly twitched, and he stood from his seat, muttering, I need a cigarette. He left the table. Remus shook his head once Sirius and Maya were both gone. This is getting ridiculous. Lily nodded in agreement. We have to do something about the two of them. Or, and just hear me out, James offered, we do not try to play matchmaker between my sister and my best friend. I vote for that idea, simply because it's the only one that doesn't want to make me pull my hair out. It grow back. Lily said, running her fingers through James's hair and watching with amusement as he melted at her touch. Remus chuckled at the sight of the pair, who had, not, who had, not one year ago, been at odds. Don't you want Maya and Sirius to be happy? Yes, James groaned with a pout. And don't you think they'd be happy together? If they didn't avodate one another first, James muttered, catching a gaze from Lily that had him sighing loudly. Fine, yes. It's been an awkward six years watching them dance around each other and flirt shamelessly. At least when she was with you, he looked at Remus. Padfoot tried restraining himself. Now it's as if they're trying to avoid one another, Remus acknowledged aloud. Honestly, I thought the moment Maya and I officially split, Sirius would be right there. But he hasn't so much as made a move. He's afraid, Lily said. So was she. What are we supposed to do about it? Peter chimed in. Lily smirked. Remus winced at the sight. How many rules are we going to break? None, Lily promised, turning to look at Peter. Not all of us are going to get caught. Peter shifted nervously under her gaze. I like that Lily is now like one of the troublemakers. It makes me happy. Later that night, Maya walked through the dark corridors of the large castle. She slipped casually down the staircase from Gryffindor Tower, making her way to the third floor, down the long stretch of hallway that led to the portrait of a knight sitting outside of the hedge rooms. Removing a large book from her bag, she casually muttered the password to the knight, barely taking notice as the door opened in front of her and she stepped through. Lily, I brought the old arithmancy book. <clears throat> oh my god, this child is making me so fucking gassy. On the bright side, I'm not moving around. Silent but deadly no longer exists. It's just loud. It's so... 
in front of guests without any ability to control it just standing there talking went to take a step just ripped so fucking loud and i just and i like looked at him and jimmy's like we have guests and i looked at nick and i was like your wife's had three kids and he goes oh yeah but this is nothing you're pregnant I, I mean and he goes i mean to be fair she still never technically farted in front of me our entire marriage but like i know it happens and i'm like oh my god now i've done something with you that your wife hasn't even done this is horrifying like it's oh. I, I think my favorite one and again cannot control it cannot prevent it i have tried helping jimmy in with groceries i live in a split level house every step up a step fucking horrifying and when i get to the top jimmy just looks at me and says you're never allowed to go up the stairs first ever again and i'm just like last night i woke up myself i woke up jimmy and I woke up Max, and Max got up and got off the bed. <laughs> it's so bad. Pregnancy glow. <laughs> I mean, and that is like the one. That is the one good thing. I got the good pregnancy skin. I don't get any zits. My skin glows. It's a little dry, but like my skin has behaved my entire pregnancy. So like, I've got that going for me. But I just. <sighs> also, I felt the need to share that because I felt like Shia really needed a uh, cheering yeah. up. So that was just for I, you, Jesse. I feel Jimmy's paid. Both poutine, you ate crop dusted me at the Disney <laughs> store. I feel his pain. I was just about to bring that up. That's like probably my favorite travel story of ours because Kat just comes up to me and she's like, dude, somebody... <laughs> It's crop dusting the entire store and it smells so bad. And I just have to look at her and I'm like, it's me. Oh my god, I'm crying. Uh, oh, that's how okay. we learned Claire should not they eat poutine. poutine. So bad. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. It was Disney poutine. It was it was the first time I ever had it and it was so good. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh my god. It smelled so bad. Like I can't it even did. like describe how bad this was. <laughs> oh my god. We're okay. We're okay. This is we Hannah Beth is like not okay. I can hear you. No, I have uh, to pee so bad. I okay, go pee. laughing so hard. <laughs> I have to pee so bad. Great nap, broke Hannah Beth. But anyway, uh, now we have a solid start to the season five blooper reels. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got jewel on my lip. Anyway, the dead of time. Oh God, it smells so bad. Oh my God. I just gassed myself. I hate being pregnant. I don't hate being pregnant, but, like, this is the worst part. It's so bad. Oh, my God. It's like somebody dropped a dung bomb in my office. 
And you know what gets rid of dung bong fart smells? Candles and wax smells. Oh my god. (laughs) So this month, from April 9th to May 9th, your favorite star-crossed sundries, candles, wax melts, and soaps are available for 15% off if you use the code SUDS and Slytherins and is spelled out. Suds being S-U-D-S like rub, 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 sud, sud, suds. That's not a thing that, no, mm-mm. I was going to say like rub, 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 and then. Rub a dub, dub, suds in the tub. That's it. God, what would I do without you? I was just thinking of like the lush salt scrub that was called rub, 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 which actually smelled really good. But anyway, uh, the other thing that smells really good is candles, wax melts, and soaps. And this is your friendly reminder that they are releasing the soap line. They are also releasing the Slytherin line. Thus the code Suds and Slytherins. Fucking genius. But do remember that they're going to be having... Lots of fun smells out there. You can get those. You can get the spring smells. I have the hiccups, which is making advertising really hard. But please check out Starcross Sundries. Support Rin, who supports us. We love them for it. Rin and Elizabeth work really hard to make this happen, along with the rest of their family. And so, if you would, again, go to Starcross Sundries and use the code SUDS and Slytherins to get 15% off of your candles, wax melts, and soaps. Woo-cha. Woo-cha. Smell that? I don't. Because I, I lit a candle, fu- so I don't smell any farts anymore. I need to go fucking huff a candle right now. It's so bad in here. <sighs> but anyway... I I am an adult, but I am also pregnant. So sorry, guys. And with that, the debt of time. Anyway, the debt of time. You can't just change it. I'm a rebel. I live on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Removing a large book from her bag, she casually muttered the password to the night, barely taking notice as the door opened in front of her, and she stepped through. Lily... I brought the old arithmetic book. She threw her bag down on the floor, eyes still glued to the textbook in her hands, as she made her way to, into the shared common room. I know you don't think it'll be on the N-E-W-T, but I don't see why we shouldn't... A clearing throat stopped her in the middle of her sentence, and she looked up. She blinked, her gaze meeting those of her friends and brothers sitting around a large table. Sirius was trapped between Remus and James. Both had their hands holding him in place. The latter had a hand covering his mouth. She raised a suspicious eyebrow. What's going on in here? Run! It's a trap! Sirius shouted after breaking away from James's grip for a moment, only to be silenced by Lily's wand a split second later. Lily smirked at him as he fixed her with narrowed eyes. Shut up, Sirius. Sit down, Maya. Maya shook her head and took a step backward. No, you've got the same look in your eyes you usually reserve for hexing Jamie. Sit down, love, Remus insisted, moving from his place beside Sirius, taking her gently by the arm and leading her towards a large armchair that faced the sofa. He sat beside her while Lily took his empty place next to Sirius. Is this an intervention? Maya asked irritably. Because 
I'll have you know, I've barely even begun revising, and I've been eating all of my meals and getting eight hours of sleep each night. All right, six, most nights, she corrected with a roll of her eyes. But I am perfectly capable of handling my timetable this year, and I don't need any of you to... Her gaze fell on a large bottle in the center of the table. Is that fire whiskey? Lily, you let Sirius bring fire whiskey into your room? I asked him to, actually. Now, keep your little Gryffindor tail right there. Don't bother running for it. I've locked your only escape. She pointed to the chair and smiled proudly when Maya obeyed her room, er, her commands. Why do I feel like I'm being set up? Maya nervously questioned, setting down the large arithmetic book on the side of the table. Because this is a setup, Sirius growled when Lily broke the silencing charm. His gray eyes narrowed. And don't look at me. I fell for her innocent load of shit, too. Evans may look sweet, but she's a dangerous harpy. Devious harpy. Surprised she didn't end up in Slytherin. Watch it, mate, James cautioned. That's my girl. Your girl is a Slytherinish harpy who told me to bring fire whiskey, fire whiskey because it was in the ingredient in some potions project she was working on. Sirius snapped at him. I only agreed because she said she'd found out found out our secret, and considering how many we bloody have, and how you've probably whispered all of our deepest and darkest tales during your pillow talk, I came prepared to cave under her blackmail, he admitted, folding his arms across his chest. Lily blushed. Yes, well, James and I have no pillow talk, thank you. He's a gentleman, although I would like to eventually know all those deep, dark secrets you're all keeping from me. James swallowed at her stare and then promised, One day. Fine, Maya interrupted the couple, so it's a trap with fire whiskey. She conceded and then looked around the room curiously. Where's Peter, by the way? Serving detention with Filch, Remus replied. What did he do this time? Lily smiled. Only what we asked him to. We? Maya's brows rose. You're in on this? She turned to James and then Remus. Both of you? I recruited, Lily stated with a smirk. Do you really think I had a choice? James asked, looking miserable. Maya scoffed in response. He was already too whipped for his own good. She mentally wondered how she could possibly use Lily's power over her brother for her own benefit. So what, pray tell? Maya began, glaring ahead at Lily. Did you convince Peter to do he distracted Slughorn while James nicked this, Remus replied, holding up a familiar file in his hands. Maya's eyes went wide at the sight. She turned immediately and stared at Sirius, who wore a mirrored expression of her sudden horror. And here I thought we disagreed that Vertiserum or Dare was a bad idea and we'd never played again. She watched carefully as Remus brought it towards the bottle of fire whiskey, removing the top and pouring more than the necessary amount into the liquor. Just veritaserum, Lily explained. No dare. Remus, Maya turned to her best friend with pleading eyes, ignoring the glass of amber liquid he placed in her hands. The traitor. He smiled softly at her, reminding her that he was devious little wolf, whom she would bite the second she had a chance. Just drink up, Maya. Lily warded the room, and we're all stuck here until she feels we've accomplished our goal. 
Sirius scowled at the redhead as James placed a glass of tainted fire whiskey in his hand, pouring one for himself right after. And what exactly is her goal? The truth. Now, James, drink, Billy instructed, and watched with a smile as he downed the liquid. James, have we ever been sexually intimate? James blushed profusely. Then, before he had a chance to even consider his answer, he blurted out, No, we've snogged a bunch of times. One time you let me put my hand up your blouse. Lily's eyes widened, clearly having not expected him to relay the details. I, I mean, I mean, why'd you do that, Lils? To prove the potion works, she explained, clearing her throat and nervously tucking a stand, strand of long red hair behind her ear. And also to make sure that everyone is aware that you and I have not engaged in intimate matters. Sirius smirked. Tell that to Prongs' hands up your blouse. She glared at him threateningly. Sirius, drink up. After at least thirty seconds of absolute silence, he threw back the glass of fire whiskey defiantly. Is it true you haven't slept with any girl since Maya? Lily asked. Yes, it's true, Sirius confessed. Why haven't you? Sirius tried to struggle, but there was no use. Because I don't don't want her to think I'm some disgusting rake who just beds any witch who asks. I wanted to make sure she knew that she was special. Fuck! He stood up and kicked the side of the sofa. Sit back down, Padfoot, Remus instructed him. Maya gaped, looking across the table at her friend accusingly. What the hell is this? I'm happy James and I came together naturally, Lily smiled, reaching across the sofa to hold James's hand. But now that we've found this, I regret the time wasted. Watching the two of you dance around each other for the past few years, with Remus caught up in the middle, has been awkward and painful. Maya and Sirius both frowned as they looked at James and Remus, who were nodding in agreement. You're both unbelievably stubborn, and you're my friends, and I love you, and I want... We want you to be happy. Remus nodded his head in agreement. Lily's right. You're both holding back for one reason or another, just waiting for the other person to make a move first. I really hate to agree with them, because you're my sister, and you're my best friend, and the idea of you together makes me physically ill, James said. But, Maya, you've been lonely ever since you split with Remus. We can all see it, and Pad's... You're going to drink yourself to death if you don't figure things out. He eyed the way that Sirius was already looking at the bottle of fire whiskey. Maya's a big part of it. I know, because any time you drink, all you talk about is her. This is so manipulative, Maya mumbled bitterly. Shut up and drink, Lily demanded, gesturing to Maya's filled glass. She didn't wait long, or she didn't wait as long as Sirius had, knowing that none of them would let up until this was all well and done and over with. A part of her wondered if Veritas Hiram would counteract Dumbledore's spell, and that part of her was just too eager to find out, so she drank quickly. Now, Maya, why haven't you told Sirius that you want to be with him? Because he'll just leave me again when it becomes too much for him. She flushed at the unexpected volume of her own voice and quickly buried her head, her face in her hands. What? Is that what you think? It's what I know, she said, refusing to look at him. It's what you did! I just wanted something better for you. No, Maya looked up and scowled at him. You wanted me to tell you all my secrets. Secrets I can't tell you. Not yet. Remus, drink, Lily instructed, interrupting their argument. Why did you and Maya start dating again? 
because Sirius told us to. He said we gave up on our relationship and we owed it to ourselves and him to find out if we really wanted to be together, or if we thought it was just fate keeping us apart. Maya, drink, Lily pointed, not giving a moment for anyone involved to get distracted enough for the truth serum to wear off. What did you find out when you and Remus were dating? That I love Remus, but I'm not in love with him, Maya entered immediately. That we did have a choice in the end, and we chose not to be with one another. Sirius shook his head firmly. That doesn't make any sense. If you love him, then why not choose to be with him? Because he's not you, stupid! The room fell into complete silence. Sirius, drink! Lily ordered quietly, after refilling the glass in his hands. Why don't you want to be with Maya? Sirius frowned, shaking his head sadly. I do. More than... Fuck. More than anything. But I'm not good for her. I'm not good enough. I believe it's my job to decide that, James interjected. Maya stared at her brother. Excuse me? Shut up, Maya. James snapped and turned to Sirius. That's my little sister, and I love her more than anything else in the entire world. Lily is a very close second, and the rest of you are right up there. Believe me when I say, if I didn't think you were good enough for my sister, we would not be having this drunken intervention, Pads. I think you're good enough. He hesitated before speaking again. Mum thought you were good enough. Sirius turned his gaze to the ground, clenching his fists tightly into balls. You two were meant to be, Remus added. I don't want to be meant to be. I want her to have a fucking choice so she's not forced into a shit life because fate thought it would be hilarious to have her bound to the black blood traitor. Sirius stood up and stormed across the room, only to find the door still locked. He snarled and turned, pacing around the common room for a few moments before leaning his forehead against the stone wall in defeat. What do you mean bound? James asked pointedly. Sirius? Maya cautioned, her eyes widening in a panic. Maya and I have a soul bond. And that's the end. Maya and I have a soul bond? Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) God, I love when they end on a cliffhanger. So this time again tomorrow? No, I'm kidding. You got shit to do. But... Oh my god. Uh-huh. Stop doing that. It doesn't stop. I'm just gonna give you a heads up. <laughs> the cliffhangers? Is that what you're trying to say? say. Or Claire's I, weird face? Yeah, I was about that. to say, are you talking about my faces or the <laughs> Okay, the faces can stop, but the cliffhangers will not. But uh Maya and yeah. I have a soul bond. Maya and I have a soul bond. So we'll just let that marinate for a few days and then we'll record again. Yeah, Saturday. (laughs) Anywho. So yeah, there's a cliffhanger. And with that, would we like to thank the people? Yes, we would like to thank the people. And now it's time to thank our foxes. We would like to thank to Tyler Maria, Muggle Trucker, Rachel, Camille, Rebecca, Jackie, Becky, Becky, Leanne, Michelle, Carissa, Sandra, 
Ryland, Ryder, Cassie, Amber, Olivia, Crystal, Chelsea, Laura, Amanda, Ash, Sylvia, Heather, Connie, Sarah, Amara, Emma, Paige, Claire, Roshan, Audrey, Martina, Melissa, Amanda, Jillian, Lynn, Sarah, Hannah, Nevi, Shannon, Tori, Dan, Shelby, Sarah, Kara, Samantha, Kenny, Miriam, Michelle, Frau Hall, Kara, Jenny. Thank you again so much, all of you. We appreciate you joining us. All right, and thank you once again to all of our patrons, and thank you for joining us in this week's monster episode. This was a super long chapter, and we did try to break it up with some funny stuff, so we hope that you have enjoyed spending your Friday with us. We've enjoyed spending it with you. We love you guys. Please continue to reach out to us on the podcast. To all of our new fans who have recently binged, we are so excited to have you join us. We love getting your live reactions on Facebook, so please continue to do those as well. And we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. What? I heard that in the episode that came out this week and it made me laugh so hard that I wanted to do it again. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.